everyone. Welcome back to Jesso Girls. I am excited because I'm kind of going to be interviewing Erin today about a topic that she <laughs> is super well-versed in. And I'm kind of wanting to tie it into my previous episode where I talk about personal work versus commission work. And a term that I used in that episode was I talked about the importance of developing your own visual language. And if you do that, you can really command more of your audience and that uniqueness and individuality is also, I think, what dictates, you know, your value a lot of the time and creates Mm -hmm. an attraction to um, your work and you are able to then more clearly know your audience in developing that visual language. And I feel like visual language is really just a fancy artistic way of saying branding. Um, and Erin is like <laughs> the, brand, the branding queen here on Jesso Girls. So I just wanted to ask, just to start it out first, was Erin, when you are like speaking to a company and mm-hmm. let's just say, I mean, I don't know how often you actually are meeting with, actually, no, I know you do occasionally do this occasionally, companies that are just starting out and they don't even have a brand yet. Mm-hmm. Like they are literally in that like brainstorming phase of just trying to figure out like, what is my brand? Where do you begin? Like normally? It's a good question. Um, and just so if this is your first time listening, oh, yeah, any of you, um, <laughs> give your credentials. Just so I don't sound like I'm full of, <laughs> but I, yeah, I was like that. I'm not just full of it. Um, I've been in advertising and marketing space, uh, for eight years now maybe more than eight years now for a while as a, I'm a graphic designer, but I'm now an associate creative director. So just to give you an idea of like where it goes. Yes. Oh, I got promoted last week. <laughs> no. That's amazing. Yeah. So I just, so you guys all know, like I've gone, I've rebranded many, many companies. Um, I have, you know, done big campaigns. So this is a familiar space to me. And I think it's something that can be applied to a large, large scale business and also to a small business. So, okay, so going back to uh, creating your own visual language and where to start. It is and can be overwhelming, but it's also a great way of expressing your individual style and likes. And I think that's kind of when I, we're visual people. Most, I'm assuming, I'm gonna make the assumption, Mm -hmm. we're all visual here um, or listening. I would even recommend starting either on paper or you can do it online on a Word doc or something. Start just throwing Mm -hmm. inspiration. I think that's really where any brand should start is looking at things like what Mm -hmm. do you like? What do you not like? Um, Things like that. I think that's the great thing about, you know, the world that we live in with the resources we have is there's so much, I don't want to say visual noise, but there's a lot of visual examples Mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. And I think use that to your advantage. Start there. Think, see what other brands you like. See if there's other artists that you like. And I'm not saying pull their creative and do the exact same thing, but you can get an idea of like, oh, I really like how their, I'm going to say a logo is um, their signature. Or, you know, I like how their logo is just a splash of paint because that's like how they interpret their, how they create their work. Um, So I always recommend starting there. I think it's, because you can go through, you can go down so many mm-hmm. rabbit holes when it comes to branding, and I think that's where it gets very difficult for mm-hmm. an artist. Is that you're constantly right. thinking of new ideas. That's what we do, and I even as myself, I always struggle with not wanting right. to rebrand because I'm like, oh, but what if I did this or what if I did that? Which it's not a problem. You can always right. adapt and change things. Don't feel like you're stuck. 
However, you want to build equity in your brand so people right. start to recognize it. Um, so I would say the first things first is go to your computer, walk around, um, collect inspiration of other brands that you like and you aspire to And I to also be. think I want to just like put in a little like asterisk here of like when we say brand to like and like branding I personally maybe you can correct me Aaron but like with an artist like I think mm-hmm. just being an artist and being like a business like target it business. is different right yeah. it's, it's it's different and I think mm-hmm. with us visual artists like you just said we're assuming everyone here is visual this, the content you are creating, like the paintings, if you're like me and you're a painter or a graphic designer or whatever, that is also your brand, right? Like it is so like... Yes. And so walking advertisement, advertisement. And I think that's where I think a lot of artists get super like squirrely about talking about branding is because it's like, oh my God, well, I don't want to be confined. I don't want to be like, just like you said, I don't want to be like, I'm putting myself in this little box and I can't get out of it. And I want, like, to think maybe if there's a way we could go even, like, deeper than, like, the, like, surface level idea of, like, a brand for, like, a company. But thinking of yourself as, like, the brand. Because I think oftentimes in other businesses, you know, they think of the, you know, when you're... You hear this all the time, like people who start businesses, they they saw that there was a problem, they got to know that audience really well, then they created yeah. the product, and then they put it out there, and then they got to know the product super well so that they could act, like very effectively, you know, advertise it. But with artists, I think it's kind of the opposite. Like we are the product, and so to be a good product, you have to know. I think pers- I don't know from my perspective, I feel like my growth as an artist has been just getting to know myself better so just like Aaron was saying like looking through inspiration and stuff like that too just start noticing like what you are drawn to and attracted to and then once you know yourself really 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 well then you're gonna be able to kind of start to figure out who's gonna like what you're what you're putting down you know kind of yeah yeah. and I don't think you need to as an artist I don't think you really need to put all your pennies in a bucket of who your audience is that's gonna naturally form um, but I do think it's, you know, find things that you inspire you, that you like, that you aspire to be. But then like what you're saying, Julia, I think the next step or phase would be taking pictures of your artwork and putting it side by side with what you like right. and what you're doing and kind of seeing like, okay, is there a way that I can create, right? like, does this match right. or does this not match? Which, or if it's complete opposite, that's kind of a really cool um hybrid so don't think that just because you have you paint really organic elements and you really like the visual language or branding of something that's really minimalistic and almost sterile like that's okay you can marry the two together um i think it's just kind of trying to figure out that and like what does your branding say about you and so when let's say julie we're gonna use you as an example so like think if you were to build a huge collection of if you I mean you have all your mm-hmm. let's just say look at your Instagram. Your Instagram is a great portfolio of all your work and content. If you had to pull three colors mm-hmm. from your Instagram, what three colors do you think are gonna stand out I have the to most? Go look at my Instagram just because I'm gonna go look, but I yeah no, like... and I think everyone feel free to do this exercise. I, and this does not mean like this is like the rule and this is the formula, but this is a suggestion. Um, Something to, you know, take what you're already doing and build it into your brand. So then you're not being like, oh, we're going to be, 
I'm going to have my brand be pink yeah. and red, yet you don't right. touch pink and red in any of your me, artwork. It's like that may not make sense. Purple, like teal, and then like mm-hmm. either an orange or like a mm. corally color of some kind. And um, maybe more like an orange, like pinky orange. I don't know. That's like when I go to my Instagram, that's like what I'm seeing right now. Because those are kind of like some sunset e colors kind of I don't know so anyway but yeah so that's sort of like at my Instagram but yeah do the same exercise like with your Instagram and just see and then okay so then to to shift that let's say there's an artist who is like look I hate my Instagram right now I feel like my art is all over the place I don't like what I'm making I don't even know like I think Mm-hmm. Then, because I, I feel like I do speak to a lot of artists who are like, I just truly don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to commit, right? And it's so, it's, what I want to just say too is like, you're not committing. Like, like I, I didn't go that yeah. far down on say, my Instagram. Explore. Like, that yeah. was the first, like, I don't know how many posts. But like, I'm sure if you scrolled further down, it'd be different colors. So, you know, if. Oh, I'm sure. Like, think about mm-hmm. over a year ago. Uh, when you did pink. more of your florals, yeah. I would say pink and yellow yeah. were probably stronger colors. That, yeah. They were softer. It was like vibrant, but soft. Although your blues really do. The blues yeah, have made its way through. Yeah, but I think color for me <laughs> is actually kind of a through line in my particular practice. But yeah. maybe if it's not color for you, it could be shape or it could be like texture or yes. um, it could be just like a general like vibe that's maybe a little bit more like abstract than just color. Um, but I think just picking some some sort of launching point like Aaron is suggesting of like what's something that is just consistent and it's like a really broad category, like color is a broad category, you know? I'm gonna give an example of um... My friend Claire. Hey, Claire. I know you listen. <laughs> um, Claire does a lot of collage work. So I would say for someone like that, you know, really own that collage space. Um, so the colors are usually on the more muted side, but I don't think necessarily she needs to commit to that color palette, but she can commit to her branding can also incorporate some kind of collage. Maybe she, if she's interested in doing some sort of like post you she can cut out words or something like that to tell a story you know not to say that that's your only way in and that's all she'll have to do but it gives you a creative way of marketing your work um to fit within your right self if that makes sense but yeah i think it's really just looking at like what what is a threat and going back to like what you were saying is like where do i even start i don't you know i don't like what i'm constantly what i'm doing right now I think that goes back to that phase one of like going and exploring mm-hmm. and seeing and looking at other people's right. work. Um, I think Julia, you even said it in your past. Uh, you like really looked at another mm-hmm. artist, and even though you've completely shifted, and I think it's fine to like look at an artist, get inspired by that artist, try to you know I don't want to say beat yeah, just artist, get in their, their head in their skin, and if it doesn't, if it, and then also if it doesn't fit and it starts to feel inauthentic then you shift and you move and like that is really what this journey for me has been is really just figuring out figuring out like what my 
being in my own skin feels like. I know that sounds kind of weird, but as an artist, right? It's like, I've been trying on a lot of different, like, artist suits or whatever, and I just keep on being like, oh, that one doesn't yeah. fit. That was like Goldilocks. Like, that one's not me. No, no, no. Like, and figuring one, it out. One, the artist's life is so yeah. private, I think, too. And I think that's where you never really had to think about this way back when, but now your artist's life is... Now, kind of public. To yeah. share. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> public. So now it's like trying to think through that. Um, yeah, I also was going to say, you know, I think I've been getting a lot of feedback specifically about, so the episode I mentioned in terms of, um, you know, focusing on commission work or personal work. And also I had this, I have another reel that's like kind of taking off at the moment and it was, it's, it's funny. Of course, it's the controversial reel. It's always the controversial ones. It's so annoying. Um, this one saying like, um, you know, I have like a lot of people who say they want to support my business, but my stuff costs too much. And then it says like, if you're broke, then just say that. And it's like funny and um, you got to listen to it, but it's just, it's funny. And I, and it's all about like, I'm not changing my price. And so I've been getting a lot of these people, high internet trolls who are like, well, then you're never going to be a successful business. If like, you can't change your prices for your customers and you're never going to be successful if you do not accommodate to your audience and da, 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 da. And I'm like, that is so opposite my experience (laughs) that it like is funny. And I feel like, but I also like can see where those beliefs come from because I used to have those beliefs and I know it sounds insane to say I like I don't believe those because I think it's such a commonly held belief that like we need to cater to our audience. Like that is just like business rule number one. But I really feel like in the art space, like at least in my experience, that's like the keyword in my experience, yeah. that has not been what has made me successful. When I feel yeah. like every time that I have like really catered like my branding, my art to fit other people is when my art is not good, it's not it's not, it's not authentic, authentic, it's not feeling valuable. And when I'm really trying to just like fit someone else's budget, then they, they suddenly feel like they don't need to pay as much because mm-hmm. oh she's willing to only, you know, you know, she oh she only wants to charge a hundred dollars yeah. for that. Oh, okay, this must not be a very good artist. Like I just feel like I've had such an opposite yeah. experience to that. But I guess is there any truth in that, Erin, that like I mean, obviously there is, like, you need to know your audience, but yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm ranting now, but I'm just confused and it's confusing. No, I think, no, you're right. Cause there is no like yeah. right or wrong. And I think that's like, you've had the experience that might be different yeah. than others. Um, cause I wouldn't be like, ignore no, your audience. I'm not ignoring my audience. They're still good. I'm not. No, but. exactly. But it's taken you time. Sometimes you, Sometimes it makes sense to look at your audience and adapt to what they want. And sometimes it makes sense to adapt to what's for you, depending on what you want to do. So for example, the commissions, I know like you've decided that that is not something that you're going to put your energy into to get more commissions of whatever anyone wants. Like you are now a defined artist and you have specific goals and with your goals, you're putting in those boundaries. And I think that makes sense for you. However, if someone's just starting out and they're just trying to get attention, maybe it is looking at like, oh, you know, I want to cater to these. Yeah, exactly. What do people want right now? Oh, people really want, I hate to say this, portraits of their dogs. You know, (laughs) I mean, I actually really don't recommend that because you're going to get stuck there forever. Um, But just for, that's kind of an example. Um, I do also think the one thing that would be important for your audience, like thinking about your audience, the only time I would say it's really crucial is the cost of goods. 
which may sound a little bit crazy, but I do think if you're, and this, I'm sure I'm going to get mixed opinions on this and Julia, let me know what your thoughts are too. But I mean, as a painter, you know, like the difference between cheap paint and not cheap paint. I also think you can see the difference. So keeping that in mind, if your audience is spending 2000 plus or a thousand plus on a painting, not to skimp on the quality oh, of product. Oh, yeah. You have to um, elevate your product and I think, to the level of being exactly. worth that. You know, exactly. obviously, it's like, you know, you can't be, like, pulling yeah. numbers out of thin air here. Of Like, there needs yeah. to be some sort of, like, market comparison. But I think... But I think that's where it's, like, knowing yeah. your audience. I think it's knowing your audience, which will help with the cost, yeah. too. Like, that's part of your visual... As weird as it sounds, but that's your visual language, yeah. in a way, is... Like, what you're pricing and selling your artwork at. Absolutely. I think, you know, this is, like, a very... This is a complicated topic because I think for so many people, too, like, and this is what I do want to get into next Mm -hmm. with, like, just the visual language aspect. You know, we could talk about the money side of things and, like, where you fit with your audience or, like, how much you should listen to your audience, how much you shouldn't listen to your audience. But I think... What we can kind of agree on here, or we'll just like, or at least what we're going to roll with, is that it is really important <laughs> yeah. to know yourself first and, yep. and to define, to define your, yeah. and know what you like. Because if you're going off of what you think other people are going to like and it's not genuine to you, you're, you're going to burn out. Like, you are the product. Yeah. You can't just outsource it in an assembly line and distance yourself and move on to the next business. Like other people, as an artist, like you are physically creating this stuff and you're always going to be very, very connected to it. And so there is this always like this need to be connected to self. And I think what I'm interested in next too is talking about when you are branding with a company, you know, how important is your story? Is the, is the brand story? You know, where how much does that yeah. play a role? I think it yeah. depends. It, it depends yeah. on the story. Um, I worked with a client once that didn't have a story, or they tried to force a story that wasn't, I don't want to say it was false, was but authentic. Yeah. it wasn't super realistic. Um, you can't do that. It'll come back right. and bite you in the butt. Like, don't make up some story, even if it's kind of true. No, just stay away from it. It's right. not worth it. I don't know... I think the story of like sustainability and stuff like that is becoming very large in our society, but I don't think you need to have some like massive story of like how you you've got why you now paint landscapes versus florals, you know. But I do think there is it's okay to have a story of, you know, I've been an artist since I was two, you know. I, I think that's okay. I don't know if there needs to be a massive story associated with it. Um, because you have to remember people are really looking at your visual and not necessarily unless you're the artist that you know maybe it's an abstract piece and you need to pair it with a story that i can understand or you know but that does that mean that you need a story i think it's it's like what you said it, it depends right like i think when you're crafting a visual language you know you can either make the choice to you know have yeah Say you, like, I'm just going to use myself as an example. Like, I'm making, I'm painting cityscapes right now, and they're pretty colorful, and they have a lot of um, little details kind of hidden in there. And for me, I just always have kind of enjoyed paintings that I can kind of get a little bit lost in, and there's always, like, little things hidden in it. 
And so creating a painting that is has that going on for me, I just find interesting. That's not a story, but it's like a part of me that's infused in there, right? So like stories don't have to yeah. be so like epic, you know, and like it I mean, yeah. but even that, like you if you wanted yeah. to, you could take that and make right. that your story. That like but then you're softly mm-hmm. committing to right. that. Um so and maybe it would apply to everything, even if you changed your subject like would that still be the right. same case i mean maybe it's just like looking at your password and be like oh yeah that really yeah. is the case um and it's like you know julia gets lost in you know within the world of right. her canvas or um, and i think that there's like yeah I, I think there are so many opportunities to have the story like shift and change and this is all mm-hmm. i really so i listened to this other podcast the creative pep talk and i love it and he was one thing he actually said on this week's episode that I was listening to was maybe something we need, all need to do is stop calling what we're doing making artwork, but just experimenting. And when we open yeah. up that at, like route to just experiment, I think you're going to find that some interesting things start happening, maybe almost on accident, and your visual language mm-hmm. is going to come up more and more organically. I think something that mm-hmm. I, Aaron, you just said about don't force the story. I think it's the mm-hmm. same thing with artists. Like, stop trying to mm-hmm. force it to happen. Just play and experiment. And these yep. little things, you just... But take note. I think learning from yourself and learning maybe what your audience responds to. This is, I guess, a question for you is how often does or have you witnessed, like, a brand sort of, you know... Okay, they put something out there and then they shift... Yeah, yeah. How bad's a dog barking? Aaron has a dog. Everyone get used to it. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> I have a dog. Um, she is uh-huh. very angry. So, yes, that actually happens quite often, and it depends on the client and brand and what's right. important to them. I have clients and brands that want to, you know, show something to a small group of people and test it out before it goes mm-hmm. to market. And it's not like the product, it's right. like an ad. Like, do people understand this? Do they connect with this? Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's other people that, it, it, you know, they don't, doesn't yeah. matter to them. Like, they, it doesn't make a difference to them. Um, so I think it really just goes back to, like, what your goals right. are and what's important to you. I think it's, it goes back to being burnt, yeah. your burnout. Like, if your audience keeps asking for something and you are like, oh, you know what, I'm actually really happy giving them this because I I still enjoy it and I'm making money. Case closed. Case closed. Yeah. But then there's that other side where it's like I keep catering to that, right. to everyone else, but not my own needs. Now I don't really enjoy yeah. it. So why are you right. doing it? And I think we even talked about, I think it was Cat a long time ago. It's if like, it's not fun. If we didn't enjoy it, why would it? we? Yeah. Yeah. And so my next question was, I was, I guess I was going to ask you then the reverse of like, you know, how often does just the brand like in, or the company and just internally say, Hey, we think we like this better Mm -hmm. and we make a change. So it's like, I was just curious, like if you've ever noticed like, Oh, they normally make changes based on their Mm -hmm. audience or based on their own, you know, kind of like, Oh, we think that this would be better, you know? Um, it's a good question. I I mean, honestly, it's all equal, I would say. Um, I've had brands who never touched anything, any of their branding for 60 years, and it wasn't their audience that told them that it was outdated. They're just kind of like, let's do a refresh. 
Yeah. Um, but then we ha- then there was a very positive response right. to it. So I think with them, they're like, if it's not broke, right. don't fix it. But Maybe they got a little tired. Eventually they got to a point. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, they also, the world mm-hmm. was changing. The world was changing. This does go to their target audience, like knowing like the people that they originally spoke to are now much mm-hmm. older. So we need to stick, we have to, you know, right. keep up with them. Um, how can we adjust our branding so it is friendly for them right, still? Exactly. Um, so I think that's kind of where those decision-making um, happens. I think it's just really just evaluating. But some there's something, too, to say that, which sometimes is a little bit discouraging, but there are sometimes that, and I'm not talking about the product. I'm going to talk about purely mm-hmm. branding. There are sometimes the branding sells, not right. the product. Like judging a book mm-hmm. by its cover. Think about how many wines that you've all looked at or beverages. You're like, oh, I really like the, the light label. And then you buy it and then you're like, this is disgusting. It does not look as good uh, or doesn't taste as good as it looks. So I think that's just kind of like keeping that in mind. Like just because you have like really amazing branding doesn't mean that it's going to sell. But I, well, it will sell. But you're not going to have the customer return. Right. It's like, what's... Yeah. And you want that return, returning customer. Um, Even if it's, as artists, I think maybe it's not as frequent, um, but more of a reason to really have that first impression with them. Be good. good Because 10 years later, they may have, you know, a bigger budget. And and they improve their wine and it's better now, but it's hard to come back from that first bad experience. And exactly. I think... You know, and and also, you know... But the reverse also applies, sorry. Like, there's so many times that you're like, how in the world? Like, that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen, but that is the best ever. Like, best product I've ever had. That totally exists, too. And I don't think that's a problem either. Like, I don't think... I We we put a lot of effort into branding, which I'm not saying we shouldn't do. Um, But when it comes to this field specifically, like, as we keep going back to it's really just identifying who you are and understanding who you are as an artist and how to apply that to your visual language that will go across your website your instagram your marketing materials your booth at a at a yeah festival i was gonna say gallery because they have booths (laughs) so yeah i feel like it's it is important and i think um Speaking of which, I really desperately need to redo my like business cards now because they're all like flowers. And you know, I got a question the other day. Someone's like, "Do you think you'll ever go back to painting flowers?" And I'm like, "I'm sure I will." I mean, I, I know, and I'm it. sure, <laughs> I'm sure I will go back at some point. It's just right now, I this is what I'm doing, and so like I'm gonna hold on to that design with the flowers, and it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I may just end up making. A business card that doesn't have any particular subject matter on it but just like color because I don't want to yeah. be too pigeonholed into anything but I so I think you know maybe keeping that in mind like when you make your business yeah. cards or your website or whatever don't have it if you are not yet totally committed to like I am a you know you've been doing it for five years straight you know that mm-hmm. this is like exactly what your aesthetic is don't commit right off the bat either I think you know, this also shouldn't be like a super stressful experience. This is something that I think every single artist out there has to hone and it takes time. I mean, I, 
I was doing the math and I said this in the previous episode, like I've been out of school for five years now and I am just now feeling like the work I'm making is aligning with the work my audience wants and I enjoy making it. Like it's taken me, I think, you know, some people may don't compare, like some people may take longer, some people, maybe it's less, you know, but before that even, I actually was cleaning out my parents' basement the other day of artwork and holy cow, oh my God, there were some like hideous things in there. I'm like, can't even, I can't even, my mom was like trying to take pictures. I'm like, you, I was like, I'm going to murder you. If you take a photo of that, I will delete your, I will just throw your phone across the room. Like, no, like, no, I was like, this, this got out there. It's like when you take a bad photo, like most people are like, oh, you took a bad photo. No, of me my art, I would so much rather my old art. like a very unflattering picture of me up on the internet than a really horrible picture of like art I made in college. It's humiliating. So anyway, I was like, this all needs to burn. Um, but the point being that I had so many years of making really bad art before I got to a place where I actually feel confident in what I'm making. I like what I'm making and it's aligning. Yeah. And I still get people on the internet who tell me that they hate it, but whatever. So the point <laughs> is, is that, you know, once again, you're not trying to appeal to everybody. It's more of an Those internal people. thing. There might be somebody on the, on the internet mm-hmm. who would have loved my weird college art. I don't know, but yeah. Probably. So it's just like an evolution. You're figuring yourself out. And I think keeping some of these principles of branding in mind when doing so is important, you know? And this, it's not like a... I feel like it, what's been interesting about this conversation, Erin, was I was kind of expecting like maybe some more like solid, like not that, not, not, and I mean this in a good way, like yeah. very specific answers. And you've kind of been like, well, it depends. And I think that's the whole point yeah. is it depends. Like it's not a like one size fits all. It's not a one. And that's the challenge, which it's like, I mean, everyone out there, please DM us. I'm happy to chat or even we can bring you on the show and we can chat as well through it and, you know, troubleshoot things together. Um, Yes, I have done this for seven or eight years. I, don't, I really should figure out how long I've been in this industry. It's probably like 10, yeah, and I'm just saying it's eight. <laughs> um, but just knowing that sometimes it's a trial, like a little bit of a trial mm-hmm. trial run um, to figure out like what is going, mm-hmm. what sticks. Um, and don't, you know, try it. it it's yeah. experimenting. Allow yourself to experiment with your branding. Allow yourself to experiment um, with your artwork, uh, something, I'm going to do another little, um, shout out moo.com <laughs> as a graphic designer. I really like working. Uh, this is not sponsored, but I enjoy using moo.com and no reason why I'm bringing that up is let's say you're kind of having this, I need business cards, but I don't know where to go with it or what to do. They actually have the ability that you can keep one side the same. So put all your information on it. And then the back side, you can have like 10 or like 25 different mm-hmm. versions. So maybe you have five different cityscapes mm-hmm. and then five different yeah. florals if you right. want to do that. Um, so you're not limiting yourself. I've also seen people do like collages or like mm-hmm. multiple photos on it. But I also don't think... I. It's tough because I do think having your artwork on it is very helpful for remember or if let's say it's on the sidewalk 
and someone picks that's like cool. oh what's this yeah. and they look at it it's like a quick like oh that's cool I'll look it up um they may even look it up because it's a cool color but i do think there's something there yeah, that if what would draw their attention um but if you don't seem to be handing your business card out much then you know keep it simple i don't think it's worth you know splurging qr codes are super um popular yeah. right now so you could do a business card with just a qr code um, and maybe just like a simple logo and then people can scan it, goes right Although, to your website. I had a, um, I was at the post office today and I was shipping a painting and the guy checking me out at the, the post office was like, saw, cause I, I was, it was going international. So mm-hmm. I have to like write like what's inside and it was like a painting. He's like, Oh, did you do this? And he's like, he's like, do you have a picture? And you want to like see a picture of the painting I was shipping? And then he wanted my business card. And I was like, oh shit, I'm glad I have one of these. Like, yeah. So you never know. Like yeah. people, you might you be at the post know. office and the person checking you out wants your business card. So, <laughs> and he asked if I did portraits it's and so I true. said no. And I was, <laughs> Good growth, for you. guys, growth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but um, the biggest thing I would say when it comes to actually like branding um, and your visual language, which is going to really contradict what I just said is yeah. consistency. I do think once you, I mean, do your exploration, do your experimenting, but eventually when it sticks, stick to it. Um, Keep it consistent because that's what's going to start building that recognition. And people are going to see and be like, oh my gosh, that's so-and-so's artwork. Or that looks like a Banksy. You know, people know those artists because of the style that they've established, even if it's different Mm -hmm. subject matters. And I think Julia's done a phenomenal job. And I even think about like five years ago, Mm -hmm. I guess I've known you for five years. Yeah, for five years. So when Julia started this journey, um, I, all over the I also like think, of, <laughs> but think about like practice makes perfect. Not be like, and it, but it's even though as an artist, perfect. We never, it's never perfect, but it's I refining. like to think we never achieve it. But it's but I think we are constantly adapting and evolving, and that's something that I've seen through your work. Like I've loved it from day one, and I love it now. Very it's different, different yeah. than what it was five years ago. But you've seen that evolution, and there's some people that your day one is there right. forever because that's what they love, that's what they're passionate about, um, and that's awesome. I think it's just trying to find what sticks, right. what clicks, um, and right. commit to it. Soft commit. Soft commitment is the word of the week, guys. <laughs> yeah, but I really do encourage anyone, if anyone's... Um, you know, stumped with any marketing questions. Uh, I do think something that's important too, this goes to like the social media is making sure that your bio is very clear of what you do. Um, I mean, at Julia did a great job. Like even looking at Julia's, it's like very mm-hmm. clear and simple and precise. And it's not just like, what is, what, wait, what yeah. is this? Even in your name, Julia Hagen Art, like people know right away. This is a different, um, this is a question for a different time. But is. I mean, they already asked you this, Aaron, but I've been in some hot debates lately on if I should change my last name or not. Oh yeah, no. I don't think I'm. Oh, I well, think I, whatever. I think I'm going to like legally like, but I yeah. Oh yeah, art yeah. Wise, no, I don't think I can. Yeah. I yeah. I think five years ago. Uh, yeah, right. I think <laughs> I think now I can't, and which is fine. You you have equity, like there's brand recognition yeah. in your name. Um, when someone is to tag you or even comment at you, they know like a a re- like me someone who you know it pops up automatically for me mm-hmm. to tag you it would be confusing it will yeah. it will people i mean it's not the end of the world people will figure it right. out but it's one less thing to worry okay. about if you don't need to i think you could always on your business card 
you know, hyphen. Like your brand is Julia Hagen. Your yeah. name, Julia Hagen Bennett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it'll. Yeah, it's an interesting. That's it's a branding question. I squeezed it in there. It is. It really is. I actually have been getting. No, it is a I actually question. have gotten that question from other artists and friends of mine who have gotten married who are like, oh, I've been meaning to change my last name like business wise for so long and it just is so overwhelming. And I'm like, you don't have to. You know, or if you want to, you know, do it now before you've like, you know, any, if you, if you're going to do it, do it, do it as soon as you can just to like, you know, you know, you know, avoid the headache down the road. But, um, also you don't have to, it's okay. Hopefully this was a little helpful to you all. Again, give us a shout out at Jesso Girls, drop us a review, comment below, share this if it would be useful for anyone that you know, but uh, use us as your resource and tool. Shout, give us some questions at Jesso Girl. Let us know what you want to hear more of because we want to make sure we are delivering. Yes, we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.